Welcome to the Duluth Vineyard Podcast. This message is recorded from one of our weekend services. As a church, we are a community from all different walks of life who are learning to love God and love one another. We're a place where everyone is welcome, true believers, along with the curious, the skeptical, the wounded, and even the disillusioned. We're a place of new hope and second chances. We're a church where God can be found. You can find out more about the Vineyard Church in Duluth on our website at duluthvineyard.org. Thanks for listening. The church gets to a place and we try to put God in a box. But there's something about where we recognize how God moves and, and how he works and seeing how God's moved on the people that have gone before us, right? Like, it's really quite dumb to not see, you know, the different things and what God's done in our past and, and you know, create and, and move in the same mistakes because we weren't smart enough to learn from them, Right? I mean, this whole book is about relationship and about how God takes people that are willing. So today and tomorrow, I just want to talk to you about what it, what it looks like to live for the cause of Christ. And tonight, I want to talk to you about just the whole cause of what's, what it, what's worth living for, what's worth, uh, you know, this whole thing of what we give our life to. And I want to actually talk about tonight just the life of David I'm going to do like a brief overview because there's a couple different things that I really feel like the Lord wants me uh, to release to you this weekend. And so I, tonight I want to just talk about the life of David and this cause worth living for. You know, when the Bible talks about David, it talks about, um, you know, in Acts where it says about David himself, Acts 13, 21, it says, I have found David, a man after my own heart. He will do everything I want him to do. So here, what's said about David, here's David that's not only a man after God's own heart, but he's a man after God's own heart because everything that, the, that God had asked of David, David had a heart that was willing to say yes to God. I don't care who you are, I don't care what you say, really you find out what's in a person when they come up against thing on, uh, things on whether or not they're going to say yes to God, right? This is a whole journey. This is a marathon. This isn't a sprint. This is something that the Lord will do with me time and time again where the Lord will, the Lord will just kind of pull me aside and the Lord will say to me, Christy, are you willing to sign up again? You know, and many times I'm like, oh, I, I don't know. <laughs> you know, I mean, but there, that has to be like a decision where the Lord will put it across your plate again and you have to make a decision. Am I willing to live for the very thing that Christ has called me into, right? It's that whole thing of dying to yourself. It's not, it's a daily thing. It's a daily thing that we, we take up our cross. It's a daily thing that we say yes to him, right? So in 1 Samuel, I'm going to kind of do this briefly here, but in 1 Samuel, if you want to turn there in chapter 16, this is where Samuel is, is going to look for the king. He's going to anoint the king. And I love, I, I honestly, I just love the whole life of David. I love how David was, was called. I loved how he was chosen. I loved how he was anointed. I love how it is that he walked out the very thing uh, that God had called him into. And we have to remember who David was. Here in chapter 16, it talks about where Samuel is going to go and try to find the king that he's supposed to anoint. And in chapter 16, starting in verse 7, it says this, But the Lord said to Samuel, do not consider his appearance or his height, for I rejected him. The Lord does not look at the thing man looks at. Man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Um, and then right back down there said that it's, there's seven of, of, of uh, David's brothers 
that his own family didn't even believe in David. Put it this way. His own family would put seven of his brothers before David because they didn't even consider that David would be an option to become king. I found that this is often the time that God works. In, in, in chapter 16 here, it talks about where all of the brothers are brought before Samuel, and Samuel's looking for the king. And he passes by Samuel, all these brothers, and each one, Samuel says, no, that's not the one that God's called. That's not the one that God's anointed. And said, isn't there somebody else? Is there? And, and his dad said, Jesse said, there is still the youngest, Jesse answered, but he is tending the sheep. Verse 11, and Samuel said, send for him. We will not sit down until he arrives. So he sent him, and Adam brought in, and he was ruddy with a fine appearance and handsome features. And then the Lord said, rise and anoint him, for he is the one. So Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the presence of his brothers. And from that day on, the spirit of the Lord came upon David in power, and Samuel went on from there to Ramah. So here we have this whole picture of who David was. David was the, the shepherd boy. David's out in the fields. David has... You know, not even the one that's going to be picked. He's not even the one, you know, uh, in his own family. It's kind of sad, you know, like if your own family doesn't pick you. Like if your own family doesn't believe in you enough, right? And so here Samuel recognizes this, the, the one's not before me that, that God anoints. And this is the thing. I don't care. I, I, I tend to, uh, you know, resume is important, but it, uh, no, I'll take anointing over resume any day. Like, give me somebody that has the anointing and can be molded into whatever God wants to do, right? And, and more often than not, we'll take, you know, well, this person looks right. Or, and God makes it very clear what, God, what he looks at, what he looks for. And there's something that's going to be in David that's going to rise up uh, to go down in history as one that went after God and had the heart of God. It's not a bad thing to go in history for, Right? And so we have to understand, I think it's really important when we talk about living for the very thing that Christ called you into. I mean, you really want to ask yourself that this, this weekend. You want to ask yourself, what is it that God has called you into? What is it that God has placed on your life? And you yourself have to make the decision, are you going to say yes to that? I can't say yes for you, and you can't say yes for me. You have to see whatever it is that God's called you into. Whatever, whatever it is that you're doing, when you're doing the very thing that Christ anoints you for, that's where your freedom is found. Too many people walk around in anointings that they're not for. Right? So the life of David, isn't that true? So the life of David is just a good example of that, understanding who David was. Now what's happening with Saul? Look down at verse 14. Now the spirit of the Lord departed from Saul, and the evil spirit from the Lord tor tormented him. So here, the Lord's allowing, you remember the people were saying, give us a king, give us a king, give us a king. And so they, they get Saul, right? But Saul had no preparation times. There was nothing that happened in Saul for him to be able to carry what it was that God was going to give him to do. So the people had asked for a king and asked for a king, and finally God gave him a king. And this is what I found. If you push God enough and you keep trying to push him for what you think you want, you might just get it. There's been times in my life when I think I really want something and the Lord said no to me and I push it and push it and push it and then I get it and I think, why did I push for this? This is not what I want, right? And so God just gives in and gives them what it is that they think they want. And there's one thing about, see, there's one thing about, um, you know, having an affliction physically, but to be tormented by something is a whole different deal. 
When you're tormented by something. So here we have Saul, and he's tormented by an evil spirit. And when somebody is tormented, there is nothing that can ease the pain of torment. Right? When you feel oppressed, when you feel tormented by something, right? When you feel scared to death of everything around you, there's nothing that can bring relief to you in any way. That's where Saul's at. Saul is so tormented. Saul is so under the hand of the enemy right here because the Lord is allowed it. And even his attendants, look in verse 15, it says, Saul's attendants said, See, an evil spirit from God is tormenting you. Let our God command his servants here to search for someone who can play the harp, and he will play when the evil spirit from, from God comes upon you, and you will feel better. So Saul said to his attendants, Find someone who plays well and bring one to me. One of the servants answered, I have seen a son of Jesse of Bethlehem who knows how to play the harp, and he's a brave man and a warrior. And he speaks well and is a fine-looking man, and the Lord is with him. So here Saul's in such grave condition that even his own people are saying, hey, listen, God is not with you right now. Like, that's pretty sad. Like, they're recognizing that, that this thing, the only thing that's going to break this thing off of Saul is God's presence. And so they get desperate enough to use whatever. How many of you know that it gets, it's a good thing to get desperate enough to know that you got to call out to the Lord. There is something about when we get to the place when we're so under whatever, and we feel so tormented in whatever way, that we know that God is the only hope in the situation. Too many people go to everything else first, and when that doesn't work, then they try God. And so here, even Saul's own people, they're like, please help him. <laughs> <laughs> like, we know this guy that can just sing over him. And when he plays, something happens. See, that's really what worship is. Worship breaks the yoke. W- anointed worship breaks the yoke, right? It brings the power of the anointing, that, that worship is warfare. And it breaks open things that otherwise that wouldn't be broken open, right? That's what worship is. Worship in spirit and truth, right? In spirit, where God's spirit is actually moving. The Bible says where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. So if God's spirit's really here tonight, freedom should be taking place, Right? So here, uh, this whole thing where, where David has all the qualities, and they say that God is with them. See, I don't care, no matter what in life, if you're going to go after the very thing that God's called you into, you need the presence of the Lord. People don't need you, they need the God in you. People are really, I think, actually even tired of seeing what we have to offer. They really want to see the God in power, right? And as the church, we should be on the forefront of that. On the church, whatever we're not offering, the world takes its place. So the church should be the forefront of every breakthrough that we should have. Do you get that? So when people say the kingdom of God advancing, listen, God's kingdom is advancing right now, and either you're part of it or you're not. Right? God's kingdom is advancing right now as we get together. And either you're a part of that, the most important part of history, or you're not on board with that. It's that serious. It's that wonderful. It's that amazing, right? But kingdom work is messy work. I don't get anybody that says, let's just keep, keep the kingdom in order. That doesn't make any sense to me because you take somebody that's getting delivered, and that's messy. That's messy work, right? But you take the person that's getting delivered, and you say to them, you know, hey, listen, are you embarrassed? They don't care. They just want to get delivered, right? Ever been delivered before? Do you want to go back? (laughs) Right. 
So here, the people are like wanting Saul so much to get delivered that they're going to they're gonna, you know, pick David, this kid, this shepherd boy, to come in because they've heard something that's different. This is what I found. When God's moving, when God's doing something, when the people hear about it, they'll do whatever to get there. Like, I don't believe the church is, I, I, in fact, I believe the church's pow- most powerful marketing is doing the kingdom of God. You want your church to grow? Do the kingdom stuff. You want to see God move? You're going to have to let God do what he wants. I mean, really? It's his church, isn't it? Amen, Christy. Wow, Christy, that was an amazing word. That was so good. All right. All right. So, Jesse, farther down in the story, I'm just going to kind of just briefly go into some of this because here we have, there's a response. When God causes a revelation to come to you, you have a, a responsibility of a response, right? When God moves on my heart, I have a choice on whether or not I'm going to respond to that, right? So whatever it is that God's going to speak to you tonight, you have a choice on how you're going to respond. So here, Jesse, David's father, here's what's happening. That here, that, that, this, that his son, David, can bring healing to the king, that can bring deliverance to the king. And Jesse, as, his, as David's father, does the appropriate thing because what he's going to do is he's going to pack David up. He's going to get David ready to go serve Saul. And there's something about when God calls people around us into things that are quite scary, you and I have to be willing to let him go. We can't control that. Any of you that are parents, I'm a parent, so, you know, I'm, I'm, I've always said I just want my kids to do the kingdom stuff. That's what's most important. Well, it gets a little bit different the older that they get, right? And you got to let them go. And am I going to equip them to go and do the thing that Christ has called them into, or I'm going to get too scared? Oh, my gosh, I don't want them away from me. I don't want, Right? And you don't know, but there's something about when we equip the people around us, when we release the people around us, that that blessing comes back to us, right? There's a big lie out there that says that if you hold on to everything, you get more. You want more, give away your best. You want more, bless the people around you to be able to be released and do better than you do. As a leader, one of my prayers is, Lord, send me people that are way more gifted than I am. I want people around me that are so, it doesn't, it's not hard for them to be better than, at worship than me, so <laughs> let's be honest. But I want people that are better preachers. I want people that are better leaders. I want to be able to have people around me that I can see where God's placing them and be able to bless and release that and not be threatened by it. Too many leaders are threatened by what, become, what comes around them, and then they want to hold on to everything, and nothing gets released in the kingdom when you try to hold on to everything. So there's something about where we live loosely, with, we live with our arms open. There's something about where Jesse here is going to be able to make a decision to be in on what David's going to be a part of because Dave, what David's going to get to go do is very important. And you and I have to be really careful about what we say to the people around us and releasing them into the very cause that Christ has called them into. You and I have the power with our words to bless or curse the things that God has called us into. And if it sounds crazy, it's good. It's probably God. If you can figure out what it is that God has for you and you can put that into words, it's probably your idea. You got to dream something so big for God that you need God in order to pull it off. So when people come around me and they have big dreams, I bless that. I want them to dream big. Why? Because we have a big God. Don't you want that? Don't you want the people around you to have such amazing things that they want to do for God that it's just, you know that you know that you know who that person is. (laughs) And to be careful not to, you know, try to sink the ship before it gets going. 
but to be able to bless them because you know that if God puts his hand to that, the amazing work that can come out of that. Do you understand that, that as the body that we have the power to bless people, which is a different message, beyond a point to be able to equip them to go after the very cause that Christ has called them into? And so Jesse here has amazing ability, amazing, uh, you know, thing that he gets to be a part of because he gets to release his son into something that's going to go through all, all the way down into the lineage of Jesus. You understand that? Your decisions today affect your tomorrows, right? Lots of things I say no to today because it affects my kids and their tomorrows and my, my grandkids and so on and so on. Your decisions do not just affect you. That's a very selfish way of thinking. I hate it when people say, I hate it when people say, well, it's my life. It's not just your life. It's not just your life. Every decision you make, people love you. You make dumb decisions, they have to live with it. And it's one thing I found, if I'm going to make dumb decisions, at least they're my decisions. But if I love you and you make some dumb decisions and i got to walk that out with you, welcome to pastoring. That's what I say. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So there's a process, very true. There's a process here, right, that David's going to have a response. So Jesse has a response, and then David has a response. And, and right here it says that David is going to get called. And verse 20 says, it says, David came to Saul and entered his service. I'm jumping around a bit because it's too much. David entered in, into Saul's palace. He's going to go and he's going to serve uh, the king. Now remember, uh, David was just anointed to become king. Then David gets sent back into the fields, and now David is being summoned to the palace. Too many people get a word from God, and they want it to happen right then. And then when it doesn't happen, they get really frustrated and disillusioned, and that's not the way that it works. So there's something about here where David has been anointed. He's, gonna, he's anointed to become the king. Then he goes back in to be a shepherd boy. Then he gets called back from the field to go in and serve the very position that he's just been anointed for. So there's a process here of understanding. See, this whole thing of what God calls us into, there is a process. This is a marathon. This is something that you're making a decision about again and again and again. And David's response is so important because now he's going to be summoned to the palace. And there's two things that are very important here. First of all, is God's timing is never our timing. Found that out yet? Have you found that God doesn't usually call you when he wants to make a decision? God's timing is so different than our timing. That God will speak something to you, but it also says in the Bible that God's promises do not fall to the ground. So when God says something over your life, you've got to hold on to that thing. Whatever it is that God has spoken to you, that God's timing, first of all, is not our timing. And when we hear a promise for God over our life, of whatever it is that we feel like God has called us into, that does not mean that we're going to see everything happen right away. In fact, most of the time it won't. 99.9% of the time, it won't. Why? Because there's a process that God wants to take you through. The things that I'm doing now, if I would have done 20 years ago, I would take every one of you out. There is a, there, and if I learned on you in the past, get, get some prayer tonight, we'll minister to you. But there's something about, there's a process that God wants to take us through, and you have to be willing. If you see the bigger picture, if you see the cause that Christ has called you into, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter whatever it is that God calls you into, that he can give you a spoken word, that he can speak a promise to you, and that that promise won't fall to the ground. And whatever it is that God speaks, right, that will come to pass as long as you yield to the process. This is what I found. 
And I feel like in the last few months, the Lord really showed me this again, is that so many people in life top off. So many people feel like God has called them to this amazing thing, and they hit some resistance, and they hit something that's really hard, and they're like, I'm out of here. This is not what I signed up for. I quit. And so, so many people top off, and they're done right there. And so we have so many Christians that just want to chill, that just want to go to church, that just want to be entertained, that don't want to have any responsibility. We have so many leaders that are like, I just want everything to be nice and easy and all together, right? I've never heard Jesus ever say, it's going to be nice and easy and all together. He's not a car salesman. He doesn't hide anything. I mean, like he said it all out there right in the beginning. They're going to hate you. That's pretty clear. They're going to hate you, and you're going to have to die again and again and again. In fact, when they, they hit you on one cheek, give them the other. I mean, that's, that's the, the equipping of what God has called us into, right? That we have to be dead. That we have to be willing to, to be dead to all these things that want to rise up inside of us to be able to dictate where we want to go. And too many people hit some hard times, and then they get taken out. I've seen it time and time again. And I usually see it happen quite a bit right before the Lord's going to just bust out in something. Right before the Lord's just going to, something amazing is going to happen. I just feel it. And usually the enemy will come in and say, see, all that stuff that you've given yourself to, see, that was never God. Like if God loved you, he would never allow that to happen to you. If God really said that to you, how come none of that's happening right now? Do you see that? And people get disillusioned and discouraged, and they quit. So when we talk about, like, a cause to live for, man, we got to know what it is that we're living for. we got to know what it is that we're saying yes to. Isn't that true? Because you will. If you've been in the church more than a week, a week, you're going to find something you don't like. You know why? Because you're there. Forget about everybody else. You take more than one person, you got conflict. And so you have to know what it is that you're signing up for and that you're being a part of so that when you hit some resistance and you hit something, see, remember, David has been anointed to be king. And now he's having to go in and serve the very position he was just anointed for. Do you understand how God works? There was something that had to be worked out in David that he was not meant to carry the very thing that God was anointing him for. It's one thing to get something. It's another thing to carry it. I honestly, it makes me nervous sometimes some of the things I feel like the Lord wants me to do. Why? Because I myself want to know that I can carry it. I don't mean without Christ. I mean like it. Am I so reliant on him? And am I in a place where I can walk this thing out and do the whole race? Do you get that? So when, do you get that? So when people say to me, man, I just want to rule the world. I just want to do this and this and be over this. And I just like take a step back and go, oh my gosh, I don't. (laughs) Because I know that there's a a price tag to power. You want to move in power? There's a price tag on that. Nothing is for free, and if you got it for free, it's because somebody else paid the price before you. It's very true, isn't it? 
So here, it's very important that we understand that when things don't happen right away, in fact, you want to ask yourself that question. When things don't happen for you right away, what's your response? When you feel like God has spoken something to you for your life, and you don't see it right away, how do you respond? This is the bummer part that I found out. The only person I can be responsible for is myself. My response in things, right? I mean, we would love to control everybody else around us because if everybody else got it together, then our life would be so good, right? <laughs> but, right? But that's not the way that it works, right? Having the right attitude is so important. I really felt like for a lot of this stuff that the Lord really wanted me to talk to you guys about this week is there's something about being able to carry something that God wants to release to you. And having, having an attitude in the process of that is so very uh, a good attitude is so very, very important. See, because David wasn't just faithful. He had the right attitude. And we know that because he came in from the field and he went to serve Saul. He didn't come in and say, you know what? You're out of here. I'm in now. You older generation, you're out. I'm in. God's anointed me. I don't care what you've done before, right? Hello, young people. Let me say this to you. I can say young people now because now I'm a certain age. <laughs> 29, that's right is um, if you don't honor where you've come from, you don't know where you are and where you're going. you got to honor what's gone before you if you want honor to come to you. And there's something about in the attitude of David where he honored Saul, where he went in and his heart condition was in the right place, that he didn't come in and say, wait a second, I've been anointed now. He came in with a servant's heart and humbled himself and served Saul. And Saul was messed up. And oftentimes, God will put us in places where somebody maybe over us might have some kinks or some things aren't right. And our point, uh, our, our point of being there may not necessarily be so we can point those things out. It might be so we can serve them and bless them and honor them for what they have done. This is a very important kingdom principle because if you honor what's gone before you, God will honor what goes after you. It's very, very important. We don't talk a lot about honor in the vineyard, but we should. We really should. Because if you forget what you're a part of or what you came from, you just left part of your anointing behind. If you're in the vineyard, you're in the vineyard for a reason. Right? So I'm going to give my life, but I'm giving my life for the kingdom, not the vineyard. But I love the vineyard. And I serve in the vineyard, but it's one the only one aspect that I serve in. But I'm going to honor the vineyard, and I'm going to honor the whole church as, as the body because the Lord's coming back for the whole church, not just the vineyard. Right? Yeah. Amen. Wow, Christy, that was right on. That's true. <laughs> I'm telling you, you don't, when you're younger, you don't think too much about honor, but I'm telling you, when you get older, you want honor. Honor is very, very important. It's very important to the Lord. So if you want to get God's heart in things, you have to understand that honor is a very important thing to Jesus. Okay? All right, having the right attitude is so important because look at verse 21. When David came, in, came to Saul, he entered in and he went to serve him. And it's very important that even in honor, agreeing and disagreeing, I think that honestly, as the body, if we could just agree to disagree on so many things, we actually might get along. Like, it's not so much about what the vineyard believes or what somebody else believes. It believes it, we believe that we're a kingdom people. But John used to say, we're just one vegetable in the stew. Right? 
There's a whole church out there that we want to bless and that we, on, we want to honor and that, that we want to learn to get this right. So when people say, I'm out of here, I don't want to have anything to do with church, you just ran away from the very thing that Christ is coming back for. So there's something about where you and I are going to have to get this right. We're going to have to learn why, because we're going to have to learn to actually learn how to love each other. Right? Right. They, oh my gosh, yeah, see, you should come to my church. All right, all right. It's very important. But time and time again, see, your attitude in the season that God has you is, is so very important. This is what I tell my church all the time. If you find yourself in the same season over and over and over and over and over again, you're probably the issue. <laughs> There's probably something that God wants to show you that you're not getting, Right? So I pray this all the time. When I'm in something and I don't want to be in this thing again, I'm like, Lord, teach me what i got to learn in this thing because I don't want to be here again. I don't want to go through this again. I want to get this one right this time around. You understand what I'm talking about? Not, Lord, will you fix so-and-so or get this. I want you to fix in me what you got to fix because i got to grow up in this. And there's too many Christians out there that are really old but never grew up, right? And you only grow up as much as you want to grow up. I don't care who you are. You're only accountable as much as you want to be accountable. So you make the decision on how much you want to know about God, and you make the decision about how much you want to grow up in God. And how we grow up is that we look at our stuff and say, i got to work on that. Something in Christy has to change. Something in Christy has to die here, right? In order for us to go to the next thing, because there's this whole thing that David has the right attitude, but David has the right attitude because he has to get to this place where he can carry the very thing that Christ has called him into, but he's not ready to do that yet. So there's this whole preparation process. There's this whole thing that he needs to go through. And don't you think that after David was anointed, there was times when he thought, wait a second, I've already been anointed for this. Why is it that I have to go serve here? Why do I have to serve this crazy? guy why do I have to give myself to this I don't get this why do I have to be there over and over and over again God's already picked me don't you think he felt like that don't you think he felt like at times why do I have to do this again God's already you know picked me out of all these people and here I am having to serve again and I don't care who you are when you serve with a lousy attitude it's lousy I, I mean it really but nobody wants like a gift that throws on the table and say look at I spent all my money on you I hope you like it nobody wants that <laughs> nobody wants your gift there's something about like when we're serving like our attitude behind it is so very important and there's a training process that David's going to go through here and the training process has to do with preparation and preparation is so very important in your walk with the Lord there are a lot of shortcuts in life there is no shortcuts to your maturity there is no shortcuts to character. There are things that can only be worked out in you when you go through some really hard stuff. Right? There's only things that can be worked out in you when you have to face things that are really difficult and really painful. And that's what I like about the life of David because he's not only picked, but he has to go through this season. And preparation is so very important because what you give yourself to is what you become. Whatever it is that you want to be, you give yourself to that. And down the road, I'll tell you what it is that you're going to become. Your decisions today really will dictate who you are tomorrow. It's very, very untrue. And if David would have just sat in the field, and if David would have just been angry at God and just complained to God, see, there was something about that happened with David that when he was alone with God, he allowed the preparation time to come. He allowed this sort of intimacy with God come in, right? That where he could just be alone with God, that he could just worship God. Where did David learn to worship? In the fields. Where did David learn to be with God? In the fields. 
Not in the palace. He learned it in the fields when he, had, when he was a shepherd boy. There's something about where there's this preparation that was going on in David's heart, the, the heart that God planned for a long time. But what you're doing right now has a lot to do with where you're going from here. Where are you going to be? Whatever it is that you're giving your life to today, whatever it is that you're investing in today, will invest in the things that are going to come into your life. So there's this whole preparation part. There's something about David that David, whatever it is that you do in private, reflects in your public ministry. Right? Very, very important. And too many people, they think God's called them into something. They don't see it, and then they get bitter. But see, there's an attitude. There's a preparation process that's happening with David that even though that God's anointing him, David still has his heart of service, that he still has his heart of worship, that he doesn't get bitter, but yet he goes in and serves, and he allows to be molded by, the God, by God to become the leader that he's called him to be. He's, he's yielded to the process. Yielding yourself to the process is so very important. Taking the time when God gives you a time out, when God places you in something that you'd rather not be, you better take that time and get in with God as much as you can because you're going to need that for down the road. Right? I can't tell you time and time again where God has set me aside and said, I want you to rest. And after, right after that rest season, bam. And if I didn't take bam. Life. If I didn't take that rest time that God himself had set a time for, aside for me, I would have got killed in the process of what was coming at me after that. There are seasons that God will take you through so that he can do stuff in you so that he can work through you. Right? So you have to yield and be, be open to that. And how you and I handle ourselves in situations and seasons that we would rather not be in will determine where we'll end up. You can't change the season that God has you in. I can't pick your season. You can't pick my season. There's a season that God has you in right now that he has you in that for a reason. And why does he have you in that? And if God's made a promise to you that he's got this thing for you to be a part of, this cause that he's calling you into, you better take the season that Christ has called you into and work out the things that he, wanna work, he wants to work in you so that you can walk in the very thing that he wants to place on you. It's so very important. Do not try to take a shortcut to ministry. Too many people try to take a shortcut in life and they get killed. You know why? Because they're not ready. Anytime somebody wants to throw themselves into some self-promoting thing, man, I know that they're, if they get it, they're good as dead. It doesn't do them any favors to give it if they're not ready for it, right? And David's life was not like this mundane life. It wasn't like this boring life, but this is about David. David had to kill the lion and the bear before he could kill Goliath. You have to have private victories before you can have public victories. There's things that God needs to do with you in, pub, in private so that he can do things through you in public. There's things that God will want to do in you, that God will want to work in you and change in you, that for the sake of the people around you, he'll want to do it in private. And it's for your own good and for your safety, and it's for the people around you's safety. And you have a choice on whether or not you're going to yield yourself to the process of that. Because see, too many people, when they hit some of that and hit some of that resistance or hit some of like, oh, this door's not opening or this isn't happening for me, I'm out of here. And the life of David is the life of somebody that was yielded to God. That it didn't matter what it, whatever he came up against. You know why David could kill Goliath? You know why David could get to the place where Goliath wasn't even, didn't even frighten him in any way? Is because he'd already seen God use him to kill the lion and the bear. 
when nobody else is around. Who you are when nobody else is around is more important than when everybody else is there. Right? So when we talk about something worth living for, you're talking about something that you have to remind yourself time and time again because there'll be times when you'll have Goliaths. You'll have lions. You'll have bears. You'll have stuff that you'll come across. There'll be people in your life that you'll want to serve that are just mean as anything. There'll be people that come across your path that you just don't understand, that you don't get, that you're like, Lord, you want me to love what? You, you want me to do what? Right? And our heart in that, our, our stance in that is so very important. Having the preparation and learning to have time alone with, the, with God so that whatever it is that God wants to do in us, I know that God has, listen, this is the thing. I believe that you should write down the things that God has for you, the things that you feel like God's spoken to you, the things that you feel like God's calling you into. You should be writing all that stuff down. You know why? Because the only one that has the power to change the, the destiny that God has on your life is you. Man cannot stop what God initiates. Do you know that? We put way too much investment on people. Listen, God builds what I do. No man builds what I do. God builds what I do. And it's not my job to build my church. It's his job to build a church. And if we would just relax in the things that Christ has called us into, we wouldn't get so hung up on man and what man can do or what my boss can do or what this guy could do or my coach could do or whatever. We wouldn't even get caught up in that. Why? Because God's bigger than all of it. He controls all of it. Did you know that? Do you know that God has more money than anybody? Do you know that his economy is different than our economy? His ways are not our ways. In his kingdom, there's all resource. Do you know that? When we live like that, we can give ourselves to that. And we wouldn't get so hung up on everything around us if we really believed and trusted in the God that we sing about. David knew God. When you know God, you go far. When you know your God, you'll go far. When you know who God is, you will trust him no matter what you come up against. When you know God, whatever it is that you face, it won't matter. Why? Because you know the God in you has the power over every other power that's there. Right? We talk about the devil way too much. We give the devil way too much credit. Drives me crazy. If we would talk about Jesus, that power that's inside of you, Christ in you, the hope of glory, Christ in you, the same power that raised Christ from the dead, his power inside of you, if you and I really believe that as the church, we would walk into every situation different. We would walk into hospitals different. We'd walk into our family situations different. We'd walk into our schools different. If you really believe that power in you, the same power that raised Christ from the dead is inside of you, you would walk into every situation with confidence knowing that God is in control. I totally want to get to the place that I can just be somewhere and I don't even have to say anything. I shouldn't have to say anything. Why? Because it's Christ in me. His presence is on me for a reason. His presence is what cuts through everything. That's what the people around you are dying for. Did you know that? That presence that you have on you and in you, the people around you are just waiting for you to say something. They're just waiting for you 
to initiate, to invite them to say something. Do you know that? They're dying for the very thing that you, that you, that you have day in and day out. Do you understand that if we really took God seriously, how far we could go? Like, we get way too hung up with here. Right? We get way too caught up with this world and what, what everything else can go wrong and all that. And, man, we serve a big God that does big things that's waiting for people to just say, okay, whatever you want. Do you know that? Do you know that David goes down in history because he was somebody that, that let God do whatever he wanted? Do you get that? It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter what you come from. You let God do whatever he wants in you. You change the world. You yourself can change the world. You look at people through history, and it's all the people that said yes to God that changed history. You either want to read about history or you want to make history. I want to make history. Don't you? I do. Winning our private battles is so very important. Har Paul Harvey said this. He says, if you don't live what you believe, you don't believe it. And as the church, we say a lot, but we got to back it up. It's a lifestyle, right? It's not a Sunday, right? After David is anointed, this is very important. After David is anointed, before David can become king. Now, miss, listen, this is going to be 11 years that David is going to go through a process. And in the meantime, I bet he never realized that here this man, Saul, that he's given his life to, that he's ministering to, that he's trying to, re to, to bring freedom to, is the very guy that's going to get jealous of him and come after him. And I don't care who you are, when you minister to people, you end up loving him. So I know that David loves Saul. He gave himself to him, and Saul turned around, and out of his jealousy and out of his own stuff, he turned on David, and he went after him. You imagine what David felt like, because here, David, remember, where David is going to become king, but he's not king yet. There's something that has to happen. There's something that has to shift in David before he can become king. And imagine when you give yourself to somebody, and somebody turns towards you. Anybody that's been in ministry more than a couple weeks will get this. But when you give yourself to somebody, and they love you and love you and love you, and then you tell them no, and then they hate you. Happens all the time. But I'll tell you this, when you're in the kingdom business, you will be rejected. You will give yourself to people that have nothing to give back to you. You will pray for people that will reject you. And even they'll get healed and they'll reject you. It's just part of it, right? And so David's having to walk this out. Hear everything that David's been through. And now this guy is going to have to run from his, for his life from this guy that he's tried to minister to. That he's tried to love to imagine like, you know, taking care of somebody and cleaning their house and taking them dinner and they're not feeling good. And you're taking care of them all the time and you're worshiping over them and all this sort of stuff. And then when they, did, they decide, you know what, you're a loser and I want you dead. That's what he's having to go through. And out of jealousy and out of rage and have somebody turn on you and want to come after you, how painful that is. And David's now in a position where he has to actually run from his life. See, there's something about on David, and I just want to touch on this for a minute, but there's something that's on David that only God can give, and it's the favor of God. Like, you cannot buy favor, right? Can you imagine people could buy favor? You can't buy favor. You can't make favor happen. But see, David's had something on his, on his life, his whole life, where God chose him. God chose him, and he had God's favor on him. And people usually respond a couple ways to favor. If you have God's favor on your life, you have a responsibility. 
You have a responsibility. If things, you know, when somebody says about something, why does it always work out for them? Everything works out for them. And they always get, you know, we always know somebody like that. And, you know, they irritate us a bit, right? Let's be honest, right? <laughs> but here's David. That's his life. Like, he's got God's favor. But when God gives you favor in something, that requires a responsibility on your part. And oftentimes when people see favor on somebody, they want him out of the way. That's what Saul's, he's going after David because he's got favor on his life. And many a times, you know, if God calls you into something and God anoints you for it and somebody else may see that, they may want to push you out of the way because they want what you have. And this is the thing. How you respond in that is very important. How David responded in this is very important. It's a great example because two times David had the chance to kill Saul. Two times David had the opportunity to, to take Saul out. And David's response in, 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 what is it, Samuel 23? Something like that. 24. Where, where David does not take things into his own hands. Where God has made a promise to him. This, this thing that God has placed on him. The very cause that God had called David into. And twice, David could remove this thorn that was in his side. That David could have took this thing out this man out that was after him that was making his life hard. And David's response is so very important. In fact, turn to it. It's important enough for me to read it. There's a couple times, but this is the, the last time where, where um, he's going to spare his life. David's going to spare Saul's life. And this is, what, this is what he says. You know, Saul's going in to use the restroom and the and David crept in and noticed and cut off the corner of Saul's robe to show him that he could have killed him, but he didn't. This is Psalms, I mean, First Samuel 24. It's really important. You should actually read it. But he said this. He said, afterward, David was conscience stricken for having cut off a corner of his robe. And he said to his men, the Lord forbid that I should do such a thing to my master, the Lord's anointed, or lift my hand against him, for he is the anointed of the Lord. And with these words, David rebuked his men and did not allow them to attack Saul. See, it's something, there's something about where you really think you want people taken out, and then you have the opportunity to do it, but the, the condition of your heart is mercy. The condition of your heart is, I'm not going to touch something that God's put in, allowed in place. Anytime that you try to, to move things with your own hands and you try to make things happen you're gonna have to pay the price for that if God's called you into something let God open the doors for you if God calls you into something there will be temptations that God will uh, you know that that will happen where you have the ability to, to have a right choice in that and you'll find that you choose mercy every time you get mercy back and the condition of, of David's heart here is so very important because he gets it. He's like, I am not going to touch him. Why? Because I bet you if David would have put his hands on Saul, that would have come back to him. He got it that he's like, I'm not going to do this. If God wants me to do this, if he really wants me to be king, I'm not going to be the one to take Saul out. Let God handle it. There's something about where you just let God handle the, and mark the steps in your life. Anybody that has to work really hard to make everything happen, is really going to wear themselves out quite quickly. Whatever you build, you have to maintain. Everything you try to do on yourself, you're going to have to maintain that, and you'll kill yourself. Do you get that? You let God open up the doors for you. 
You don't have to take other people out. You don't have to go out, out, out other people. You just serve God. You just walk in the very thing that Christ has called you into, and you let God handle all that stuff. And you walk away with clean hands. You get that? Every time I felt like, oh my gosh, God, get them. Just get them. You know, and I love sometimes the Old Testament where it talks about the ground just opening up and swallowing people. You know? <laughs> and I'm like, Lord, take us back. And then I'm like, no, Lord, don't take us back, because then I get nervous, right? But... I found that there's something about where, you know, there's things that I would want at one point in my life, and then when it comes about, I just think, oh, my, I'm heartbroken over it. And I think that if you really want to get to the place where you really want God to use you in a mighty way, you have to get to the place where you rely on God and nobody else. Anytime you rely on anything else, you're going to be in trouble. Right? You want to know what you find refuge in, you find out what you run to. When something good or bad happens, that'll tell you what you find refuge in. Isn't that true? Letting God handle things in your life, letting God build whatever it is that God's called you into, whatever God opens the doors or shut the doors, let God do it. Now, this is really important because I want to finish just with this, because when David got to the place where he, David like picked people around him that nobody else would pick, and he gave himself to him. He gave himself to him. He loved him. He raised him up. He trained him, and they all betrayed him. He came up against some resistance, and they all wanted to run. They all wanted to blame him. And this is the thing. When you give yourself to the cause of Christ, there will be times when people around you will not understand. There will be times when not everybody gets whatever it is that you're giving your life to. When you get saved, if your whole family's not saved, and you're like, I'm going to seminary, forget medical school, right? You're going to have an issue. Right? There's something about when you encounter Christ and he calls you into something, not everybody's really excited about it. Have you found out, out yet? Right? It's kind of shocking, isn't it? But it's very true. There's something about when David came up against the last resistance. Here, David, and these guys that he's given his life to, and in one guy in particular, where he's really loved him, where he's really trained him, where he's really invested to him. And look at all of the stuff that David's already been through. Look at all of the trials of even running for his life and, and, and knowing that one day, you know, he's going to become king. Something that, that God has promised him is going to happen. But all of the training and all of the preparation that he's gone through, all of the trials, all of the resistance, everything that, that David's had to walk through, all the things that David's had to try, trust God in, right? Time and time and time again. And then he comes up against another betrayal. There's nothing like betrayal. I don't care what you go through in life. When you love somebody and you feel like they betrayed you, that'll hit places in you that you didn't even know existed, right? And that's the part where David is right here in, in, in 1 Samuel 30 where David has been betrayed. And it says this, because they find, David finds out that these guys that he's given himself to now want to turn around and they want to kill him. So he's already gone through this with Saul, right? He's already walked through this. He's already walked through trial after trial after trial. And David finds this out in 1 Samuel 30, says this, verse 6. Now David was greatly distressed for the people spoke of stoning him. Because the soul of all the people was grieved. And it says in another version, it says, because of the bitterness of their souls. And every man for his sons and his daughters. But David strengthened himself in the Lord his God. So here David again has been betrayed. He's weeping actually. But David goes and he finds his strength where? In the Lord. 
If you want to do this for the long haul, you got to get all of your needs met by the Lord. If you're looking for man to fill that in any way, if you're looking for ministry, for business, for any sort of relationship to fill something in you, you're going to come up empty. Because you have to get to the place where whatever it is that Christ has called you into, you learn the discipline of strengthening and ministering yourself in the Lord. That when nobody else is around, that you yourself can pray for yourself. Nobody else is with you. I mean, the Lord has said this to me, Christy. If it's just you and I, will you say yes to me? Yes. <laughs> you know, but yeah, I, of course. But if it's just you and him, and you're the only one that says, I believe in this, and I'm giving myself. You're, all your friends say you're crazy. All your family say you're nuts. Would you still say yes to him? Would you still put yourself in a place where that need that you have is getting strengthened by God himself? See, when everybody else fails you, which will happen at times, when everything else feels like you're hitting a wall, you've got to get to the place that you learn how to strengthen yourself in God. Right? Do you get that? Just say yes. Yeah. Because it's very, very important. The vision that you hold is what gives pain a purpose. Pain is, is you know, part of what happens. But it, it, when you hold on to the vision that God's given to you, and you take it back to the Lord, and you talk to the Lord about the things that you go through, I don't care who you are. I think it's so very healthy to talk to God about what we're going through. I think it's so important that you talk out loud to him, and you tell him, I talk out loud to freak my kids out all the time. But this is really important where you're just talking to the Lord and you're just saying, I don't get this, Lord. This is so painful. I don't get this person. I don't get why I'm doing this. I don't care why. I don't understand why you've got me in this situation. And talking to the Lord about it. Every time you don't talk to the Lord about it and you hold on to it and you try to control it, you actually make it impossible for the Lord to move on it. Do you get that? It's only when we give up the control. And I think honesty with God is so very important. I think God looks down at his kids when we're honest with him and it loves it. I think he loves it. It's really important to remember that. Because here David is going to go through all this stuff before he's going to become king. Before he's going to, you know, this. I'm sure that he's feeling, I don't even want it. I don't even want to do this. If this is part of it, I don't even want it, right? But he's still has a place where if we look back at, at Acts where it talks about why David was a man after God's own heart is because God says he did everything I asked him to do. So everything that God asked you to do, are you okay with that? Are you willing to say yes to that? No matter what the price tag is, no matter what the cost is, are you willing to say yes to him? Even if you go alone, even if people betray you, even if people think wrongly about you, would you still say yes to him? I mean, there's a whole other wonderful side to this, but this is part of it. And, and most people drop off because they hit some resistance and they don't get it. Resistance is not such a bad thing. When I get resistance, it usually means I'm doing something right. Amen? All right, why don't you stand? kind of jumped around there a little bit tonight, but I really just felt like I was supposed to give a brief overview of that. <coughs> you should write some of that stuff down because 
if you're new to ministry or you really feel like God's calling you into something, you know, I found that some of the some of the most helpful things for me is to be able to look back and say, oh, I'm not crazy. Like <laughs> other people went through this. You know what I mean? No, I, I'm like the only person's crazy. Yeah, I know that's not true. See, this sort of cause that, that Christ is called into, it's one of the most wonderful, wonderful things to be a part of. This is it. Like, if you're going to give your life for something, this will go all through eternity. This is the most wonderful thing. But it's also saying yes to God again and again and again, and not shutting down and not quitting when you come up against things that you th- thought should happen otherwise. And your attitude in the process is very, very important. Isn't that true? All right, so Lord, we just bless your presence here tonight. Lord, we bless your presence here. We bless your presence here. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Just let him call on you tonight. You know, first of all, I think we should minister to, um, if you feel like, um, now this is, a, this is a good thing, Ashley, because if you've been living under this, you, wa- you kind of want to just really have this broken off of you because it's really a false idea of who God is. But if you really feel um, like y- that God has spoken things to you and you feel really discouraged and disappointed in the way things are happening right now, I want you to come forward because I want to pray something specific over you. Come on up here. Like, you know that God's spoken something to you, and it's not turning out, and it's just been really frustrating and disappointing. Come on up here. You can come up with the same people because I don't want to call you out, but there's some of you, and uh, let me just say this, you know, straight up, but some of you guys, is, is some of your, some of you, your attitude's really bad, and you really just need to repent. You just need to, you really, some of you are very angry at some situations that you find yourself in, and you really just got to repent of it and ask God to work, fix your attitude, because it's really is something in you, and listen, all of us go through attitude adjustments. Anybody that's like, I'm good, they're lying, and they need that delivered, because we, we've all gone through times when it's like, man, my attitude just needs some help right now. But for some of you, like, when you repent of that, and it breaks that off of you, and you can go forward. Anytime you hold on to it, you can't go forward. So it's actually holding you back from the very thing that you want to be a part of. So there's a freedom that will come to you when you repent of that. So it's, it's just between you and the Lord. I'm not going to do a 12-step you know, thing. Or it's just between you and the Lord where you ha- can get that broken off of you. So just come on up here. It's a good thing. Let's do this first, and then, because um, there's one other group that I want to pray for, but um, let me just say this, because, um, so I don't lose this, because I'll probably pray for my brain, but there's somebody here, and you have TMJ. Who's that? With your jaw, okay? Is there somebody else? Okay. And that, okay. 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 Wow. What do you guys do out here that, um, Okay. All right, let's pray for you. And um, also, there's somebody here, and I, you, you, I don't know what it is, but you tore like some sort of muscle in your arm right here, and you have trouble 
like your arm going up, it just kind of pulls on it. So whoever that is, come on up here, let's pray for you. Come on, let's pray for you. Like in your arm, is that you? Okay, good. Not good, but good that. We're so glad that you're hurting tonight. (laughs) Okay. So let's just get before the Lord and. Those of you that need healing, just raise your hand up right now. Let me do this, actually. Let me do this before we even start. You need healing in your body right now. If you have pain in your body right now, raise your hand. Okay, see all these people around you guys? Okay, you're now the ministry team, so get around them, and let's just pray all together and just get the pain out of the room first. So, Lord, we invite your healing power to come, your healing power. You can ask them what condition they have. You don't need to get it prophetically or whatever. Just say, what do you have? You know, what do you, where, where does it hurt? Watch where you put your hands. And, Lord, we just ask right now by the power of your spirit, Lord, that you would remove all the pain out of this room, Lord. We ask, Lord, that you'd bring healing, Lord, to the backs. We ask, Lord, that you'd bring healing, uh, uh, Lord, to any shoulders now in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. And, Lord, we ask, Lord, for those jaws. Lord, we ask, Lord, that, uh, that you would break the power of that TMJ con- uh, uh, condition now in Jesus' name. And whoever has that, whoever's praying for that, just put your hand right on their jaw. If you're shaking, don't touch them. But, you know, that's not very prayer. But just put your hand right on him and just command the pain to be gone now in Jesus' name. As If you're praying for somebody, you keep your eyes open because you want to see what God's doing. You know, they could fall over and you didn't even know. Okay, keep your eyes open. Watch what God's doing. You want to see what God's doing. You want to see God move in front. If you've never seen a miracle, you need to see a miracle this weekend. Okay? Now, you have the power, you have the authority as a believer. You command all that pain to go now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Keep your eyes open if you're praying. In Jesus' name. And who is it that you've been getting headaches down in the back of your head? It goes up the back of your head. Who is that? Okay. See, are you guys all getting prayer? Okay, right now, command all that pain to go. I can feel it like go up the back of my head head right now just curse that condition now in jesus name lord we ask lord that you would just open up those nerves now in jesus name in jesus name in jesus name just command all the pain to go now ask him how it's doing say how are you doing don't lie if you're hurting tell him the truth how are you feeling is the pain gone good is the pain gone are the pain, is the pain gone? Keep praying. Keep praying. Don't give up. Is the pain gone? Raise your hand if all the pain's gone. See what happens. If you, see? Keep praying. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Is the pain gone? Good. All right, Lord, we just bless your presence in here. We bless your presence in here. We bless your presence in here. Now, you guys that came forward for prayer, (laughs) that were praying for disappointment, don't be disappointed. We didn't forget you. Let's pray for you. Now, Lord, we just invite, Lord, your power to come now. After you're done praying for the healing, just turn around, and and if you're coming to get prayer, get prayer. In Jesus' name, Lord, we ask, Lord, that you'd come by the power of your spirit. Come, Lord. Just come, Lord. 
Now, some of you need to do business with God. Just do business with the Lord. Just, just you know what that is. You just tell him what you're feeling and tell him what you need to apologize, whatever it is between you and the Lord. And Lord, we ask, Lord, that you would, uh, uh, Lord, break off any patterns, Lord, of low expectation. Lord, any patterns of, that you come through for everybody else except me. Lord, we ask, Lord, that you shut the mouth of the enemy now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Now just come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Now, Lord, we ask, Lord, that you'd break off any fear of failure now. In Jesus' name. Any words of failure, we break its power now. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, any words spoken to you, a failure, that you missed it, any of that stuff, we break its power now in Jesus' name. I need some ministry team people. If you, could just, if you um, are on the ministry team here, is that how we're doing this? Okay, that's how we're doing it. We'll just come on up and let's, let's have you pray. This is the rule in my church and ministering to people. Be nice. Nobody came tonight to hear everything that's wrong with them. Now, see, some of this, you guys, this is, this is something that really has changed the course of your life. And so the Lord really wants to bring healing to that because it needs to redirect you in the right path again. So some of this stuff is really good because the enemy's really been beating you down with it, just really discouraging you. Now, Lord, we ask Lord, that you would encourage the people tonight. Come, Lord. Come, Lord. We're Come, Lord. Just speak words of hope into them. If you're praying for somebody, just speak words of blessing over them. Speak words of life into them. That Remember, your words are, have life in them and change the course of somebody's life. Come, Jesus. Come, Holy Spirit. Now, some of you guys, and I know that some, not all of you guys are up here, but fear has really been, fear is never the Lord. The Lord does not use fear to get your attention. That's never the Lord. He doesn't use something he doesn't have. But fear is something where the enemy will just come in and try to really um, scare you out of, uh, you know, saying yes to God or whatever. Just fear, 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 fear. And some of that is manifested in nightmares. So who's that? Well, actually, we need to pray for you. So why don't you come up over here? It, like fear. Like some of you are driven by you just have to remember, fear is never God. So every time fear comes in, that is never the Lord. That is never the Lord for you, ever. Anytime I get fearful, I know that that's the enemy trying to throw me off. Come on, some of you guys are really, really fearful right now. Some of you, it's really with your kids. Like you're really worried about your kids right now and Come, come on up here, let's pray for you. So this is what I tell my church every week. Like, whatever you came in with, like, leave different. Like, if you brought stuff in tonight that was heavy on you, and you leave the same, why did you come? 
Like, you want to leave different. Get that stuff off of you. Get in God's presence and have somebody pray for you. And if you're dealing with something, get it lifted off for you tonight. Get some freedom tonight. So if you need prayer for something else, and I didn't call it out, that doesn't mean God doesn't love you. That just means you just come up and say, hey, I need prayer for this. Or turn to your neighbor and say, hey, listen, will you pray for me for this? God will move on you. Don't leave the same. And then let me, um, Michael, Brenda. All right, we're just going to let God continue what he's doing, and uh, Ace is going to play a little bit of worship. Let's just stay in God's presence and just follow his leading. And if you're waiting for prayer, just engage with God and let, let somebody come around to you. We'll get around to you. There's going to be a concert a little bit later, but don't rush out. This is God's time. Just bless what you're doing, Father. Bless what you're doing.